This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, keeping you informed about the happenings in Annapolis and the area. Local news, local sports, local events, local opinion, and of course, local weather. The Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief starts now. Good morning. It's Friday, August 14th, 2020. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Boy, a letter sent to some non-public schools has caused quite an uproar in the private school community. County Health Officer Dr. Nilesh Kalanamarian has sent a letter recommending that private schools do not open for the fall semester here for in-person instruction in the county. Now, it is not outright preventing it, but the health department is cautioning private schools not to open for the fall. He was very clear. He said, at this time, the Anne Arundel County Department of Health does not recommend that non-public schools in the county open for in-person instruction to start the 2020-2021 school year. The letter does outline what steps are needed to open up if they decide to do it. It requires the schools to submit a plan to be approved by the health department 14 days prior to the opening of school, and anybody that is already open or is opening in less than 14 days is required to submit their plan by early next week. Now, most of the concern lays with notifications to the health department of now most of the concern lays within the notifications to the health department of COVID-19 cases both in the faculty, in the staff as well as in the student body, as well as effective contact tracing should there be a positive result. While a lot of the parents seem very upset about that, I do know that several of the schools have already sent in their plans. Speaking of schools that are not going to be in person, the Anne Arundel County Public Schools Superintendent Dr. George Arlotto has released the virtual school schedule for the fall semester. Depending on what grade you're in, your school day is going to begin at 8.30 a.m. or 9 a.m. That should keep all the start school later people happy. And classes are going to be held in the mornings and the afternoons four days a week and in the morning only on the fifth day. Teachers are going to be expected to work from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. and provide real-time instruction in the morning and afternoons on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, as well as Wednesday morning. They will hold office hours on Wednesday afternoon to connect with families and offer extra support for students that might need it. Now, if you are in pre-K through grade 2, you start at 9 a.m. If you are in grades 3 through 5, you start at 8.30, and grades 6 through 12 also will start at 8.30 a.m., Students are going to have about two hours away from instruction every day for lunch. There will be an option to participate in virtual clubs and activities during that time as well. And they do say that each day time will be reserved at all levels to support the building of relationships and social emotional growth. And I'm not quite sure what that means. That seems to be some kind of school speak for something. Because family circumstances are all different, lessons will be recorded so students may be able to access them after the fact. And they are working on virtual tutoring opportunities, but there's no word on specifically what that is all about. All right, and here's some news from the Anne Arundel County Public Library. And this is a lesson in why we can't have nice things. Due to the way that some staff members have been treated, they've been cursed at, they've been deliberately breathed on, they've been spat at. In addition to being yelled at, the library is going to be modifying their operations a little bit effective on Monday. Those are not the only reasons. Actually, the health department did say they had concerns about virus transmission in staff workrooms because there is not very much space in the buildings and they asked libraries to find more space for staff. And they have also had reports of hundreds of incidents where customers are failing to wear face masks and just 
not doing it. So with all of that said, the library is going to be closing on Monday and it's going to be operating strictly out of a curbside plus service. Now, what that means is that on Monday the 17th, all 16 library locations are going to be closed for inside business. They are going to increase the hours of curbside pickup and delivery Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to noon and then 3 to 6, Friday and Saturday from 10 to noon and 2 to 4, and Sunday from 1 to 5. In addition to the curbside pickup and delivery, they will be offering free wireless printing up to 10 pages with their Smart Alec app. They will have outdoor Wi-Fi at all library branches. Telephone assistance for research, book recommendations, and more is available. Virtual assistance from the Ask a Librarian email service, also social media, and they're going to have their virtual programming as well. Fast forward to September 8th, the libraries will be reopening again for inside use, and that will be by appointment only. You will be able to check out laptops and mobile hotspots. You'll have a website chat for reference help, book recommendations, etc. Virtual assistance from a librarian via Zoom. And they are continuing to offer virtual programming through Zoom and Facebook Live and adding new things every day to make sure that the library is very valuable to the communities they serve. Find out more information. Keep up to speed at aacpl.net. And who goes in and yells and breathes at a librarian? Really? All right. And as we wrap it up, back in May, County Executive Stuart Pittman saw a need to help small businesses in the county cope with the costs of keeping their employees and customers safe as they began to reopen. He took $5 million of the County CARES Act funds to do just that. He gave it to the Anne Arundel Economic Development Corporation and told them to dole it out. You had to be a business of less than 50 employees in good standing with the state and the county. And you were able to apply for a grant anywhere from a dollar up to $10,000. Now it is a grant. They do not need to be repaid, but it had to be for expenses associated with keeping employees and customers safe. All told, $5,020,648.72 was distributed. And here are just some fun facts out of the whole thing. The number of companies that received a grant in the county were 791. The average grant was $6,300. The number of grants under $1,000 was 43 or 5.4%. Number of grants for the maximum 10,000 was 190 at 24%. Annapolis businesses represented 171 of them or 21.6%. 350 women-owned businesses or 44%. 204 minority-owned businesses at 25%. And 36 veteran-owned businesses at 4%. They did give 74 grants to nonprofits, and the lowest grant amount was only $160.82. Once again, they do not need to be repaid, and it has been such a great boost to the businesses that did receive it. You want to check out ionannapolis.net. We do have a complete list of all of the businesses that received it and their amounts. There is a PDF that you can download. And since this was so successful, since it has been exhausted, I am curious as to whether County Executive Pittman is considering possibly renewing this. There is no word on that. But I think with the struggles that the small businesses in the county are going through, that might not be a bad idea to do. All right, that does wrap it up for us today. It is Friday, so I do wish you all a very fantastic weekend. We do have George Young with your local DMV weather forecast coming up. And we do also have a rare Friday rant from me. So you want to make sure you stay tuned for that. If you are someplace you can leave us a rating or a review, do that. Let your friends, family, and colleagues know about us and how to subscribe to us. And then you just need to hang out because we got all that coming up. But here's a quick message from Solar Energy Services. Hello, energy consumers. This is Rick Peters, president of Solar Energy Services services. Have you been looking for ways to save money recently? Maybe you should consider solar energy for your home. Or are you waiting for the technology to get cheaper? If so, how long are you going to wait? Today's solar costs less than 20% of what it
it cost 10 years ago. But while solar prices have declined every year, so have the financial incentives. Bottom line, if you wait for cheaper solar, you're also waiting for lower incentives. Take my home, for example. My solar system was installed in 2010, and it's been paid off for almost five years. And I no longer have to buy any electricity for another 15 to 20 years. If I waited for cheaper solar, I'd still be paying an electric bill. At Solar Energy Services, we have thousands of satisfied customers who are sure glad they didn't wait. So what are you waiting for? Sunshine's a wasted. Call us today for a free solar design at 410-923-6090 or on the web at solarsaves.net. Sunshine, sunshine, nothing else can make me feel so fine. Going out? You need the most up-to-date local weather. Here's George Young from DMV Weather in Annapolis with today's forecast. Hey everyone, this is George with DMV Weather and this is your Eye on Annapolis forecast for Friday, August 14th. Yesterday started out wet across the Annapolis region, but then it worked out to be a fairly nice day in the PM hours despite a threat of rain and a flood watch for the region with temps staying in the 80s, which will be the theme for the next several days. More 80s and more daily chances of rain, with rain possibly again turning heavy today and tomorrow with an ongoing threat of showers and storms extending into Sunday and the early part of next work week. So keep the umbrellas close by, but get out and about this weekend when you can, as we finally get a nice respite from summertime 90s. Okay, that's it for today. This is George Young of DMV Weather. Make it a great weekend out there. Stay healthy and be safe. And be sure to get our free app on all of your devices by searching DC MDVA Weather in the Apple or Google App Store, and also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and use our website each day at dmvweather.com, so you can always stay weather-informed. What are we going to do about mom? What kind of care does dad need? How much will it cost? Who will take care of them? These are the tough questions that come with aging parents. Bay Village Assisted Living and Memory Care can help. We have the experience and the resources to help you find those answers, to help you gain peace of mind. We can answer the when, the where, the how, and everything in between. Give us a call or stop by for confidential, free assistance. We're here for those conversations, and maybe it's time you were too. Bay Village Assisted Living and Memory Care, a new community designed with Annapolis in mind. Visit our sales and information center at 947 Bay Ridge Road or online at bayvillageassistedliving.com. We know these are hard conversations, and we're here to help when you need us. So many different stories in the news, and everyone has an opinion. Here's ours. Yesterday, the Capitol had an article about 17 bars and restaurants in Anne Arundel County that had been cited for failure to follow the COVID-19 restrictions put into place by County Executive Pittman on July 24th. Apparently, the county deployed all of their 18 liquor board inspectors to visit about 500 establishments to check for compliance. Good on the county for sticking to their guns and putting some oomph behind that piece of paper that Pittman signed on the 24th. The Capitol also checked in with the city of Annapolis to see about their enforcement. You know, because they're doing the same thing to battle COVID as the county. And city spokesperson Mitchell Stevenson said, "Mm, yeah, we're not bothering with that. All right, all right. She said, and I quote, the city has not cited any restaurant or bar for coronavirus violations. How is that possible? Well, for one, they don't have any liquor board inspectors. So who is responsible for this? The police? 
I sure hope not, since they're pretty busy with violent crime. Oh, and as an aside, check out ionanapolis.net. Scroll down to the bottom, look on the right side, and you will see a Google map that we're creating of police incidents. But I digress a little bit. Annapolis 21403 and 21401 have the second and third highest number of positive cases of COVID-19 in the county, with 750 and 662, respectively. Only Glen Burnie 21061 is worse with 772, so they're not even that much worse. If the county has 500 bars and restaurants, can Annapolis have that many less to make it insignificant? Nope. I pulled the list of alcohol beverage license holders for the city, and there are 102 places that I can walk into and drink. Well, make that 92 when you take away all the private clubs that would never have me as a member. Oh, and that list, as you look at it, it raises a whole lot of other questions. But I digress again. The county has a population, subtracting Annapolis, of about 540,000 people and 500 bars and restaurants. That's 0.93 bars per thousand residents for the county. Annapolis has a population of 39,174 with 102 bars and restaurants. That is 2.6 bars per 1,000 city residents. That's nearly two and a half times the number of bars per thousand residents than the county. So once again, if we're following county guidelines, why are our bars and restaurants not being cited or inspected? While I'd like to think that they are all compliant, we all know that that's not the case. In fact, the last violation the city has reported on their website was in December of 2019. I've been downtown many times over the past months, and while some parts are very socially distanced and people have their masks in place and everything else, many are not. The aldermen for Ward 1 and 8 have both heard complaints, and their solution has been typically to send the police to remind people. I'm not so sure that's the best solution. The city has also enlisted the help of the all-volunteer, quote, community emergency response team to hand out masks and remind people, but let's face it, they have no teeth. Meanwhile, the return to in-school learning and the reopening of other businesses and the relaxation of the restrictions is all based on how well we are doing with the restrictions that are in place. And it's not that great. From July 1st to July 23rd, before the restrictions, there were 1,120 new cases of COVID-19 and seven deaths over those 22 days. Now from July 24th, the day of the restrictions, and yesterday, which is only 20 days, not 22, we've seen 1,384 new cases and 12 deaths. For those that like to hear percentages, since the enhanced restrictions went in place, we have seen a 23% increase in cases and a 71% increase in deaths. Let that one sink in. Look, I'm not wishing bad juju on any business. I know we are all struggling. But to the businesses that are skirting this executive order, please don't. And to the city of Annapolis, really, Let's get on the stick. We all want to see this in our rearview mirror. We want sports. We want kids in school. We want to be able to return to our offices, to go to festivals, to walk on a crowded Main Street during Midnight Madness, and to hopefully cheer on the Ravens in the Super Bowl come February. But without a concerted effort on our part, on the city's part, and on the business's part, it just ain't going to happen. And that's what I'm thinking today. You've been listening to the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Tell your friends and colleagues this is the podcast where you can keep up on the latest with what's going on in Annapolis. And also tell them about our website, eyeonannapolis.net, where you can find even more information. This podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., keeping you informed with the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. 
And take a moment to listen to our other podcast, The Maryland Crabs, released every Thursday at noon.